Well, thank you. Actually, Jeff, we went to high school together, but I actually looked at my yearbook to see if you even signed it. And you did say something about like, oh, your faith is great or something like that. Good luck in the next year or whatever. Um, but that was good. So high schoolers, it matters what you uh, write in each other's yearbooks. Eventually you might, what, 15, right, 19 years later, run into them again. Um, so thank you for having me here. It's uh, an honor every time I get to speak about binding love. And actually my grandfather and my father both, both were pastors in the Lancaster Mennonite uh, Conference. So it's an honor uh, to just be in front of you today. Um, And Pastor Jeff, thank you also for allowing me to share. And Tracy, thanks for getting all the details together. Uh, How many of you are familiar with binding love scarves before I keep going? You can raise your hand. All right. And how many of you own a scarf? It's good my husband raised his hand. Goodness, if he didn't raise it. Okay. Uh, Binding love as name came from Proverbs 3.3. It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And I labeled today's message, Love and Faithfulness, um, because uh, I believe that uh, God um, has a message in that verse for everyone and everyone that buys their scarves, but then also just for his church and his people. And um, yeah, before I start telling you about Binding Love and the ministry and the scarves and and the homes we support, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about me and our family. Um, I am married to Jared Pfeiffer, which some of you may know. You might know the Pfeiffer family. They attended here when uh, he was younger. And just in that, I could just pause and say, praise the Lord, right? For those of you that do know Jared or his history. Um, So yes, we are, uh, we have four awesome boys. And actually when I was younger, I I had an older sister and I always thought that was kind of boring. I always thought like, it was fun to be outside running around and And I always thought four boys would be great. So I am blessed with my four sons. Um, But I do cook a lot, which I am told that is only the beginning with four sons, how much you have to cook. Um, Jared and I are also directors of the YWAM Caribbean Resource Center. Um, Caribbean Resource Center, it connects uh, through missions and mission builders to what is happening in the YWAM Caribbean bases. So I don't know if you're familiar with Youth with a Mission or if you're familiar with uh, any bases in, the, in um, the Caribbean. But we do a lot of travel back and forth through the islands, um, and we're committed to that. Uh, so with all that travel, um, we also homeschool our boys. So I am also uh, Miss Teacher at home. And uh, then while we're here in the Lancaster area, we have a home in Lidditz. Um, and when we're at home, we uh, open it up to many young people. We were youth leaders for 11 years, um, right after we got married. And before we got married, we were youth leaders. Um, and, and so those relationships don't really stop. You kind of continue on with them. So we have a lot of young people from our youth group that still hang out uh, and other young people that have joined. Actually, last night, if you see my boys falling asleep on me, it's probably because we were up late playing games with all these young people that braved the rain and the snow, right? Um, so, so with that also, I love cooking, like I said, and that will continue. But one thing I love about my Mennonite heritage in my grandparents is that cooking and family meals and gathering over dessert or cookies or homemade whatever 
uh, was just always a treat. And, and I recognize that in this next generation, that is something that I think will flock many people to just home-cooked meals and, and fresh cookies. And I made my mom's famous sticky buns, um, what, two days ago, and so all the young people were eating them up. It goes really fast. You, I don't know if you are used to this, but you make a meal for like an hour, like you start at four, you eat at five, and then it disappears in ten minutes, right? <laughs> um, but so uh, all of that, um, and also this Wednesday, I, my family and I head down to Florida, uh, where I don't know if, you, if any of you are familiar with my parents, uh, Dave and Carol Whitmer, but they um, are going through a very hard season, which impacts um, my whole life. Um, my mom was diagnosed with a terminal cancer uh, last March, and so we head down to uh, Florida to be with them and to be with my mom. Um, so barring a miracle, she uh, will enter heaven a lot sooner than what she had originally planned. Um, but I tell you all this in my life and my story um, to hopefully give you an, an idea that finding love is not my whole life, but then also teaching is not my whole life, and cooking is not my whole life, and uh, suffering in like the sense of a terminal illness in a family and feeling the loss of that is not my life, but my hope and my, my heart for you and my encouragement is that through God's love and his faithfulness in our life, we can do far more than we ever think we are capable of. Um, so, so, too, I, I hope that you, as I share, you can just identify with maybe some areas of my life. Um, I know I'm younger than some of you. I know that I'm older than some of you. I have done things. But, but hey, there's something about this story that will hopefully connect. Um, so, the first uh, thing that God calls us to... Uh, do I point it back here? Whoop. Okay. So God calls us to love others daily. Romans 12.10 uh, says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. If you want to open to this verse, this is where we're going to kind of plant for a little bit. Um, it's actually pretty neat. I put this all together, looked at the past two sermons, realized that Rip Wahlberg, is that his name? All right. He used the same verse. And so, hey, God's... God's waking you up to something here. So, um, outdoing one another in showing honor and loving one another, um, I believe that God has called us to love others, and that means daily, and that means loving the hard people and the easy people and the people that you're not as familiar with or you don't click with and the people um, that you, that your family members. I think walking through a terminal illness, it makes you just, man, you think about taking pictures with them, you think about writing them, you think about texting them, you think about everything that you are going to miss, you do together a lot, and you think about it. So uh, I, I believe God wants us to do that, and think about that, and think of others, and through our life. So um, so I believe God 100% calls us to love Him, and just as we were singing, God also loves us so much. He sent His Son to die on the cross for us so that we can love others. And that sacrificial love uh, should just kind of throw, flow right through us. I know that old song that says, they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, and they'll know we are Christians. Do you guys remember that song? I don't know. Um, but, 
but they should. People should know. Like the young people that hang out at my house, they should know. I'm a Christian because of our love, and, and we follow Christ because of our love um, for each other. So over the years with Binding Love, I've been able to uh, work with many different volunteers. It's a volunteer-based ministry, which means we have uh, hundreds of different volunteers that have come and gone. And I, one of my favorite parts is uh, asking them if there's anything that I can pray for them for. Um, prayer is a huge part of Binding Love, and, and I, I always ask, hey, like, before you go, is there something I can pray for you for? And it's, it's amazing to quiet ourselves in that moment. They, they just joined to want to be passionate about a cause, and uh, I, I, then we just get to pray together and say, okay, God, this is a need. This is a, I just want to show God's love to this person in this time. And um, Binding Love... Uh, We've been able to go to many different places. Jared and I went over out to Hollywood and shared God's love and faithfulness with celebrities. We were invited to public schools and private schools and being able to share about binding love and share God's love and faithfulness uh, in the schools, which is an awesome thing to do. Uh, Youth groups and older, like Landis Holmes. I don't know if you know Howard Whitmer or Miriam Whitmer. I'm just throwing out the Mennonite names here. Sorry, but... um, (laughs) Uh, but Miriam Whitmer, my grandmother, is, oh, she is like the best advocate for binding love. She had her whole Landis Homes sewing circle, quilting circle or whatever they call it at Landis Homes, um, sewing these scarves. And some of them, I mean, it's definitely not a quilt. You have to cut up clothing. There's sometimes buttons and there's sometimes, clo- yeah, things that aren't cut straight. But she was 100% for um, just like these women can get involved with this and they can do this and it was exciting uh, to be a part of that little circle for a little bit Um, so even though you're in your 90s you can help with buying love Um, so but with the volunteers and with everything um, that I were a part of with young people with missions with um, God just continues to remind me that he fills us up with his love so that we can pour it out and I know that it is draining a lot of times where you just feel like I have nothing else to give. But I think that's the place that God wants us to be at sometimes so that he says, you're right. It's not about your capacity to love. It's about my capacity to love through you. And I hope that you walk away today inspired that, that you're, you, it's not all about your capacity to love. But if you just allow God to say, or if you allow your life to just be open to what God wants to do, he can by far, like, give that love uh, to those around you. So, um, my question uh, that I have written down in your notes, but I want you to also think about as I share, is how are you showing love to those around you? And how are you loving one another daily? Um, One volunteer that has helped with finding love... um, her story, she saw a scarf at a friend's house and was inspired to look into it. She um, realized it was for a cause. Then she bought a scarf for herself and wanted to get more involved. So she asked if she could uh, volunteer. And through volunteering and um, being at an event and sharing about Finding Love and what they stand for, the scarves, um, she was able to kind of open up about her own uh, history as a child being in a cult and being of self or a, a kind of child sacrificial enslavement into 
cult worship and things that really had enslaved her as a child. And she was able to just kind of share about that and then use binding love as a healing tool also to say, okay, this, this did happen in my life like this is happening around the world where there's enslavement, there's entrapment, but yet, um, but God's love and his faithfulness continues to pour onto me so that I can now use this um, to show love to others. And uh, her, her statement here about binding love says, I love being a trauma survivor who now has a platform to stand on and speak from. What an honor to be a voice for voiceless, a rescued one, healing and extending the heart of what God has done for me, may he do for you also. Binding love has made that possible, and I am so grateful. I think so many times when I think about binding love and how God started it in my heart, I never would have thought where it is today or how many lives it would have impacted, or it has impacted, but how God continues to show me that when you're open and when you're available and when you say, okay, Lord, I want to love like you love. I've experienced it in my own life, so therefore I want to show others. Uh, He does that, and he does it in amazing ways that you never uh, would think um, or come up with. Yeah, on your own. So, um, yeah. God also calls us, uh, the next slide here, God also calls us to stir up one another to love and good works. And... Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, I believe that we're also uh, not just called to, um, well, we're called to love others, and we're called to receive God's love, but we're also called to encourage one another to love others. And, And it it makes a difference. If you're all in it together, it's easy to love people. If you're by yourself and everyone doesn't like everyone else, then it's harder to do that. And so I think as the church body and the community you have here, it's, it's easier to go out into the community all together, isn't it, than to just one person going or just Pastor Jeff going by himself. It's easier when he has his support system and his family and his uh, community supporting him. So I do believe we're also, God also calls us to stir up one another to love and good works. Um, yeah, the, uh, well, I missed something here. So, also, Pastor Keith, do you call him Pastor Keith or Bishop Keith? Bishop Keith, okay. Uh, I just know him as, uh, I was in Yes back at EMM when I was in uh, college or before college, and he spoke but he had little kids then, and now he has big kids, and oh man, so we all age. Um, So Bishop Keith also, I loved his quote that he said last week. He said, go deeper with God, let him tear things apart, ask him to give you his heart for all people, and see the miracles of his kingdom. So so I think it's neat how Rip Wahlberg spoke on honoring people and in the church and and those around you, and then Pastor, or Bishop Keith, um, says, you know, go deeper with the Lord and then, um, yeah, ask him to give you his heart uh, for people and then see the miracles of his kingdom. And I, I would like to be the testifier of, yeah, you, I can testify the miracles of his kingdom um, through binding love and through uh, what binding love has been a part of and what our family has been a part of. So, um, 
And then think about your own life also of just what God has been stirring in you. Hopefully you did take his words and take them literally and ask the Lord to stir uh, up your heart to what, what uh, grieves his heart. So um, getting into Binding Love um, started six years ago. And I, Jared and I were volunteer youth leaders and we were contemplating missions work at that time. I had a one-year-old and I was just thirsty for what God uh, thirsty for something else that God wanted um, to do in, our, in my life. So I watched a documentary on modern-day slavery and just hurting women in other countries and just the, the things that are impacting other nations and was just totally broken up. I don't know if you've ever had, you were at a somewhere or, and you heard a story and it just kind of grieved your heart or broke your heart and you didn't really know what to say or, or what to do next. You just kind of sat in that place of like, man, that is awful. I'm like, what should I do? And I remember um, just the statistics of modern day slavery. Uh, there's 45 million men, women, and children that are enslaved today. And one in four victims are of forced labor are children and slavery is a multi-billion dollar industry generating $150 billion annually. And the statistics are hard for me to grasp because I'm not a statistician, but I also am wondering, okay, how do they get these statistics? But uh, looking into that, um, maybe, which you can, please, ask, ask, or ask Google what, how they get these statistics. They, they do a good job of... Uh, clarifying how they get them. Um, but, but I think of the number and the vastness of this, and you think of all the hurting that's happening right now. Like, we, we're not hurting at all. We get to sit in warm um, church pews and, and share lunch later. I'm sure nobody's going to go hungry this afternoon or, or maybe watch football later. I don't know. I know our family does. Um, but we're gonna, we do live in a culture that um, we don't have to uh, have the brutal enslavement maybe that other cultures and countries do. There is enslavement happening. There is human trafficking happening in, uh, locally in our own country. Um, but I think that when we look at these statistics and when we think about um, just the hurting, I mean, even what you are doing with EMM or MCC and the growing of uh, the growth. Oh man, now I forgot the, what is it called again? Yes, that one. Um, where, where you are helping other countries that are hurting in different ways. And, and I think that when God opens your heart to um, what is happening globally, because we believe God holds the whole world in his hand. He sees the whole world. He doesn't just see East Petersburg Mennonite or East Petersburg or Lancaster County. He sees the whole wor- world. Um, I think when we grasp that God wants to let you in on what he's already doing in the whole world, it gives you this idea of, of uh, partnering with the Lord in something that, that he desires and he longs for. So, so I remember wrestling with these statistics and with this documentary. And uh, I was thinking, here I am in Lancaster. I'm pretty comfortable. Uh, what, what does God want me to do uh, for this? And the next day... Uh, God just really kind of downloaded this idea 
of sewing up scarves and cutting up clothing and putting it together and gave me Proverbs 3.3. And so Binding Love got its name and its shape. And um, I started sewing up these scarves. And by the end of the three months that I had sewed these scarves, uh, we, I sewed 126 scarves and I sold them to our friends. And I had Googled two ministries, that YWAM ministries, that I thought, um, I guess I'll send the money there because they're on the front lines of what what uh, they're doing with enslavement and girls. And um, so I just emailed them and said, okay, I'm sending you some money. And of course, you know, ministries, they're like, they don't refuse the money if you're going to send it to them. So they were like, oh yeah, that's wonderful. God bless you and what you're doing. Um, and really thought that, okay, I had done what God had told me. Like, that's good. Uh, now I can rest or, or I'm, it's off my, my chest. But God, again, when you say, okay, Lord, um, use me in however you want, uh, he, he definitely takes that and he uses it and multiplies it more than you can ever think or you think you have the capacity for. Um, so one thing, yes, so this is a video. I um, put together a video just kind of summing up the last six years of Binding Love um, since it's been six years now, there has been a lot uh, that Bonding Love has been doing and about. So you can just, we'll pause from, actually, can't pause from my voice because it's my voice there, too. Okay, so you can uh, My name is watch. Audrey Piper, founder Quick. of Bonding Love. It has been five years since God put the idea of a Bonding Love scarf on my heart. Since 2012, It has been amazing to see how God has multiplied my obedient step of faith. What started as a fundraiser idea has now developed into a full-blown operation involving hundreds of volunteers, thousands of scarves, and tens of thousands of dollars being sent to the two homes in Thailand. My simple obedient step of faith has now been multiplied tenfold. As we continue to grow, we want to walk in step with what God has in store for us. On the back of every Binding Love scarf, there is a label that states that the purchase of this scarf helps two ministries in Thailand continue their efforts to bring an end to child trafficking. Binding Love is committed to bringing that awareness to as many people as we can. We are committed to restoring a heart of mission in every volunteer. My simple skill of sewing straight lines was not only impacting those enslaved, but me as well. We are committed to connecting and caring for two homes in Thailand. Eden House and House of Refuge are two amazing homes that are on the front lines of bringing an end to trafficking in Thailand. Day in and day out, they bring hope and restoration to many girls. We want to support and encourage them by our visitation, continued prayer, and by the selling of these scarves. We are helping to change lives of people we meet and those around the world. Five years ago, God created Finding Love, and five years later, His love and faithfulness has never wavered. I'm excited about what God has in store for the future of Finding Love. And I would love to have you get involved. If this is something that stirs in your heart, we would love to connect with you. Thank you for your continued support over the years and encouragement as we move towards the future. Yeah. So, I don't know if you caught it, but Binding Love exists to increase awareness about the millions in slavery by informing volunteer individuals and groups. Um, 45 million people is a lot of voiceless people that need to, uh, we need to know about and we need to do something about um, we can't just sit by and let, let this continue happening in our world when it grieves God's heart. Not saying that it hasn't happened in the Old Testament. You hear of enslavement and entrapment, and it continues on. But I, 
I believe 100% God is asking everyone to be involved for the, the voiceless, for the orphans and the widows. Um, the second thing, Binding Love is about restoring the heart of mission in our volunteers uh, by providing a tangible, simple, practical way they can make a difference. I love that the, that the young people can help with Binding Love. The old people can help with old people, the older, wiser people can help with Binding Love. Um, many people can get involved with Binding Love because it is a practical way that putting these scarves together and then selling them and just having God's love and faithfulness attached to these scarves of just sharing with people that this is something that not only impacts uh, the girls in Thailand, but also locally uh, the people that help and serve. Um, we also connect and care for the staff and girls at both Eden House and House of Refuge in Thailand, giving financially and traveling to support and encourage them. Jared and I and our four boys have been to Thailand twice, and for this last time, last year, we were there for uh, two months and um, loved hanging out with the girls. We stayed at Eden House, and my boys had 30 sisters for a month, almost. Um, but just connecting with them and we know their names, we've hugged them, we care about them. And it's, it's awesome to see how Eden House, the one home, um, has been in, in, uh, uh, has been around for 20 years. So they're girls that have got, come there and then have graduated or gone to, uh, YWAM Ministries that they have gone and, um, been here in the States. They have, uh, been getting jobs, going to university. It's been amazing to see how they have grown. Also, House of Refuge, we were able to spend some time in. And the two different homes, uh, when I read their descriptions back when I was sending the money, I just couldn't decide on one of them, so that's why there's two of them. And it, House of Refuge is for girls that are um, that were enslaved, and they have been brought into safety and freedom, and uh, they stay at House of Refuge, um, until they are healed and, um, yeah, just kind of redeemed their life and given them a, a way of either getting a job later or going to university or, or connecting them with family. Sometimes they come to House of Refuge and they don't know where exactly they're from or if they have family. A lot of the times in Thailand, it's the family that is doing the selling of the girls. So it makes that hard to go back and try to find your family. Um, but spending time with these girls, it makes it even more, uh, it puts faces to the scarves and the money and everything. Uh, so I did bring a video on um, Eden House, and uh, so you can just get to know Eden House. My name is Kim Ratana Songkram, and I am director of Eden House, which is a home that takes care of girls at risk. We currently have 24 girls, and Eden House has three separate houses eight girls in each house to help it feel more like a family. Many of the girls are Hill Tribe girls and they're at risk because their family situation. They're in the hills and they lack education. They come from families that are very poor that just work on the, in the fields and don't have much income. So they're often targeted by those in human trafficking. I really love the ministry of a children's home, of being family. That's what Eden House is, it's a family. And so I get to model Christian values 
and the love of Christ to these kids and get to share God's Word with them on a daily basis, just teaching them life through life lessons. We have times of worship. We have devotionals at night. We have birthday parties for the girls to celebrate their life, to know that your life is important. When they're at Eden House, they see that they receive love from the staff and they grow in confidence and an understanding that they are worthy. They do have value. We teach them Christian values, being faithful, being honest, working hard, not cheating, not doing anything that would be illegal. And we have chores around Eden House about learning how to to clean, how to fix meals and special projects. So just imparting into their lives the importance of working hard, not just in their studies, but in all areas of their life. Really, we've seen Eden House girls have really good English skills, which has opened up so many, so many doors for them because their English has been so good that they've been able to go to America. They've been able to go to other countries. We've seen over the years that Eden House has been established of 20 years that we're seeing girls graduate from college and go off and have good jobs and seeing girls come to know Christ, coming to proclaim through baptism and We've seen uh, one girl go be a missionary in Nepal. So just excited of how God's blessing Eden House and the girls at Eden House, not only through education, but the personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which is most important. Yeah, <clears throat> just makes you want to go back and visit, right, boys? Yeah. <clears throat> um. So Eden House and House of Refuge are both near and dear to our heart. Um, one, because uh, we just care so much. We've met them and we love them. Um, but also just because they are on the front lines. They do this every day. And one, th- one thing at House of Refuge that I remember the, the staff saying is that some of the girls come and they don't even know how to look someone in the eye or smile or, or even do a conversation. or They've been so tragically abused. And, and how walking with a girl day in and day out is not easy, where they have been so broken. But then, but then the, the hope that Jesus only can give a broken, broken heart like that is just amazing. And I think, how, how does that, that just proves God's love and his faithfulness in a, in a world that you, as a child, your innocence is taken away, your, your hope, like everything. I mean, you have not even done anything in this life yet to even um, remotely uh, bring this upon yourself. But it happens, and, and how God, um, how he uses it in such a, um, a way of bringing hope and faithfulness and love to, to their own heart and how he can only heal that. Um, the Bible is full of verses on seeking justice, um, the, the one that I uh, want to read here is in Deuteronomy. It says, The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and who loves the strangers, providing them with food and clothing. God's simple call on our lives is to love him and to love others. And I challenge you to, to walk in that, and as you leave, to think about how God is stirring in your heart to not just... 
um, to not love what only you think uh, you're capable of, but to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to open up my heart and, and my talents and um, what I can give, and I'm going to allow you to show love to those around you. And um, I believe it's for all of us, and maybe it's just making sticky buns for young people. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the, the last thing I'm, I'm going to leave you with is a story of Yim and... Um, she is a girl at Eden House, and we, we've got to know her really well. But the first time we went to Eden House in Thailand, a lot, some of the girls did not know English very well. And we were taking Yim back to her village. Um, village meaning back to Straw Hut and what you think of a Thai village. Um, and I was sitting in the back of the truck with her, and I knew that she had just recently made a decision to follow Jesus. Kim had told us that. And so I wanted to encourage her in that. And so if you think about it, like she has no idea much English, but I was like, well, I wanted to pray for you. So I'm in the truck trying to say like, like, oh, Yim, I want to pray for you. And like trying to do sign language or translate somehow. Um, and, and I remember she's not getting it and she was like, okay. And so I prayed for her. And the next time we're in Thailand, and at Eden House, she comes up to me and she says, I remember you prayed for me um, when I was going back to my village. And, and I was like, oh man, how cool is it that God can cross uh, language barriers. He can cross like awkwardness of like trying to share and trying, you know, what God wants you to do. Or I don't know if you've ever felt that where you feel like, oh, I should say something or I should do something. But then you're like, yeah, I don't really know all the details. And so then it, it, it stops you from doing that. But I just challenge you again. And I mean, I am, I am nowhere a communicator as awesome as your pastor and my, par- and my dad and my grandfather. But um, if you walk away with anything, know that like God can totally... Um, just spur you on to something farther than you can even imagine if you just allow him to uh, speak through through you and um, just to say yes I'm I'm available and and to be okay with maybe it doesn't look all perfect and detailed and spelled out but um, but God can worry about the details and he can take care of that so um, so when you when you see that uh, in your uh, program or your bulletin what is God stirring in your heart to do um, really contemplate that this afternoon as you're watching the Patriots. I don't know who, who your team is. Not the Eagles anymore. Um, but, yeah, sadly. <laughs> um, but, but ask the Lord, um, yeah, what, what do you want me to do? And then do it because there are people out there that are hurting and uh, they deserve to be loved by those that um, have received love from Jesus. So let me pray with you um, in closing. Lord, I just thank you.